Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Friday. We have survived yet another week in Biden's America, and that is cause for celebration. Plus, it is Friday, and we are right on the cusp of the weekend. Thank goodness. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Don't forget to check me out on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Monica Crowley underscore. And on Twitter and True Social, I'm at Monica Crowley. Also by email, I'm at Monica Crowley Podcast, all one word, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Send me a note. Let me know what's on your mind. I love to hear from you guys. All right. Next week, we're going to talk with Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas. He's also an MD, so we're going to get with him on the latest on COVID and what we know now. All of these studies coming out saying, oh, everything you did did not work. Masks, social distancing, lockdowns, uh, school lockdowns, all of it, none of it worked. Of course, some of us knew that at the time and said it. And so for all of the people out there talking about how, oh, Fauci and Burks and the entire CDC and public health infrastructure in this country got it all wrong. No, they did not get it wrong. They knew that what they were doing was not quote unquote working, but it was working for another agenda. 
We have talked about it on the show often, and we are going to continue to do that. And on Monday, we're going to be joined by Senator Dr. Marshall. Uh, We're going to talk to him about the necessity of a COVID accountability project. I've talked about it many times on this show. I feel so passionately about this. It is absolutely necessary, like a Truth and Reconciliation Commission. We need it so desperately right now if this country is going to move forward. We've also got some other great stuff lined up for next week, so please tune in and tell all of your friends. You don't want to have FOMO, do you? Okay, today, guess what's back? Last year, we told you about the World Health Organization, the WHO's attempt to override our national sovereignty with public health regulations that would trump our constitution and federal law. So in the next pandemic, which we know is coming because COVID was just a dry run, that was just a test run to see how we would respond to all of these things that didn't work, except in advancing a very dark agenda. Also, Bill Gates has told us the next pandemic is coming. So in the next pandemic, real or made up, real or plandemic, The WHO, which is run by the CCP and Bill Gates, they both control the WHO. In the next pandemic, the WHO could issue regulations and mandates, and we would all have to abide by them. Last year, thanks to all of our efforts and the exposure that we gave to what was really going down, those measures fell by the wayside, and we celebrated that. But now they're back. Communists don't give up so easily. We have a limited time to defeat this horror, and today we're going to be joined by somebody who has been all over this from the start, James Raguski. He joined us last year when this first came up last spring. He's going to join us again today because he's got to tell us what's up and how we can stop the WHO and its treacherous benefactors like the CCP and Bill Gates, from having the ability to lock us down, mask us up, force needles into our arms, and destroy our livelihoods and our economy with no recourse. This is a must-listen conversation coming up. Very few others are covering this, but we are. First up, though, the Monica Memo. Everyone, and I do mean everyone, on Team Biden is a diversity hire mess. Starting at the top, Joe Biden is a diversity hire mess, representing the dementia-riddled community. Kamala Harris is a diversity hire mess, representing the women of color nervous wreck community. And on it goes through this entire administration, which is really just a ship of fools, a ship of communist fools with a lot of power. It brings us to another diversity hire mess, Mayor Pete, representing the clueless gay white male community. Secretary Buttigieg is in so far over his head, he doesn't even know how deep he's in it, nor does he care. The American people are hurting, in desperate need of help and leadership. Forget about it. Mayor Pete has more important things to do. Listen. In retrospect, should you have come a little sooner? 
So again, uh, in terms of the timing of the visit, I'm trying to strike the right balance, uh, allowing NTSB to play its role, but making sure we're here in that show of support. Yep, could care less. And why not? The left never delivers for the American people in the way we want and expect our public officials to deliver for us. Why? Because number one, delivering for the American people as we understand it is not their agenda. Their agenda is communism for the nation, the fundamental transformation of the nation, as they call it, and ever more power and control for them. Serve you and your needs? You must be joking. It doesn't even occur to them. They have their eyes on a much bigger prize. And secondly, they could care less because they don't need to deliver in the traditional sense because the propaganda press is backing them up, covering for them, and perhaps most importantly, advancing their agenda, promoting it, not questioning it, not raising all kinds of issues and challenges to this dark agenda, but promoting it. So these people like Mayor Pete and Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, you see it over and over again. Every time they're asked an actual question, they're completely caught flat-footed. They're never prepared. First of all, they do no preparation. They're incredibly lazy. They do zero work. But because as they come up through their political careers, they are never challenged because they're all on the same side, because they're never challenged when they do in the, on the rare occasion that they get an actual fair, tough question, they don't know how to answer it. This is why when they're confronted, as Mayor Pete was this week, they're completely flummoxed, appalled even. How dare you ask any legitimate questions of your overlords? Mayor Pete was all flustered when a few reporters asked meaningful questions about what is going on in East Palestine, Ohio. And then he begins walking away because, again, not used to answering these kinds of questions. You see this all the time with Kamala Harris. You see it with Joe Biden. Oh, come on, man. And he walks away. And Kamala just sort of <laughs> her cackle. Because they're, they, they haven't been toughened up. They have never had to answer a tough question because the propaganda press is on their side and has cosseted them and protected them their entire lives and careers. So Mayor Pete this week asked a couple of probing questions. Journalists actually doing their jobs. Not everybody, a couple of them. And he gets all beside himself and he begins walking away. His press secretary scolded a reporter for recording her exchange with Mayor Pete while reporting on the story on the ground with him in Ohio at a public event. Listen to this. Well, if you're the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that Absolutely. you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Please. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. That's why. And why I is it aggressive? So when is that the standard, that reporters can't ask questions or record a cabinet secretary at a public event, which we're all paying for? Well, it is the standard, just not for the diversity hire messes making up Team Biden. Here's how weak Mayor Pete is, okay? 
Rudy Giuliani, private citizen, Rudy Giuliani went to East Palestine to offer help and support and to talk to people on the ground and how can we offer more help. And the mayor of East Palestine met with Rudy and made Mayor Pete wait in the hallway. Humiliating and so well-deserved. Showing up three weeks after the actual accident and only because Donald Trump showed up first and forced your hand. Listen again to Mayor Pete losing his way both information and misinformation injected into this situation, none of which is to the benefit of the community uh, when it comes to that misinformation. Did Norfolk or- so I think, so I lost my train of thought. Um, well, that was an unfortunate metaphor, losing my train of thought. And then he started to giggle as if all of this is funny. I don't know whether that metaphor was intentional or if it just flew out of his mouth and he realized how ridiculous it was. Either way, it doesn't matter. This pathetic imbecility is what passes for our quote-unquote leadership today. And this is exactly why the country's in the state it's in. And remember, it's all by design. When we come back, I'm going to take on the hens of the view. Not to be missed, I promise you. Also, a story, again, that's not getting much coverage whatsoever. Uh, Two stories, actually. A plane crash that occurred in Arkansas this week that is uh, semi-related to what's going on in Ohio. I'm going to bring you that. Plus, we're going to talk to somebody who's been all over this World Health Organization's move to trump our national sovereignty. It's all of a piece, guys. What do I tell you? All right, so much more coming straight up. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. So before the break, we were talking about the pathetic imbecility of Pete Buttigieg and everybody else in this administration made up of diversity hire messes. 
Speaking of pathetic imbecility, I hate to do this to you, but I must. Yesterday on The View, the hens, starting with the chief hen, Joy Behar, blamed the victims in East Palestine, Ohio, for their predicament because they voted for Donald Trump by about 30 points. Guys, I thought victim shaming and victim blaming was a bad, unacceptable thing to do. Well, not if you're the hens of the view and your target is Donald Trump and his voters. Listen. This is Trump country. He won by 40 points. He he is a president for all Americans. I believe that, but he needs to show that he is. It was time for him to be. I don't know why they would ever vote for him for somebody who, who, by the way, he placed someone with deep ties to the chemical industry in charge of the EPA's chemical safety office. That's who you voted for in that district. Donald Trump, who reduces all safety, he yeah. did. Do they those showed days. up at Do McDonald's and those voters yeah, saw something on the ground that yeah. probably it, resonates in a that's way that the they thing. need. Yeah, but they need to look past the photo ops, these people, and Wait. say, who's doing the job here? So there you have it. Um, a lot of times the left will say the quiet part out loud, and Joy Behar said the quiet part out loud, victim shaming and victim blaming. Behar implying that the people of East Palestine voted for Trump, so they got what they deserve. Isn't that like saying, well, the woman who walks out in a low-cut blouse and a miniskirt is asking to be raped? I thought that was a big no-no. That whole conversation was driven by the left. Oh, you can't victim shame, blaming the victim. And yet the chief hen of the view implying that, oh, well, they got what they deserved because they voted for Trump. The absolutely psychotic contempt of these dumbasses for Trump voters has just eaten away at their minds and their souls. It's Trump derangement syndrome on steroids. What they don't realize is that they're creating the exact same environment that existed in 2015 that gave rise to Donald Trump. And oh, look, he's running again. It's almost like they're trying to get him reelected, right? They hate him so much, but they're working really hard to get him reelected. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, media across the board. Don Lamont diminishing women. Joy Behar says an entire community deserves to be poisoned. Both of them still have their jobs. I love this tweet from the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. Their handle is at U.S. underscore O-G-A. Follow them because their their Twitter feed is hilarious and right on point. And they tweeted this. The View's Joy Behar earns $7 million a year for appearing on television about 192 hours a year. An hourly rate of $36,458 or $607 a minute. In 2021, the median household income of East Palestine, Ohio was $44,498. Joy earns more in 80 minutes than a household in East Palestine will earn in a year. These people leading us, setting the narrative, The propaganda press, they are just disgusting. But this is what the left is and has always been. By the way, I thought that the left was supposed to be about embracing humanity, your fellow man, and protecting animals. Officials have just increased the estimate of animals killed by that Ohio derailment to nearly 44,000 animals. 
birds falling out of the sky, fish dead, all kinds of animals just dropping dead because of the chemicals just spewing all over the entire area. I thought that the left was all about the environment and, and protecting people and animals from this kind of thing. And yet, crickets. You can see how it's all just complete BS. It's all performative nonsense, all of it, in order to advance their communist agenda in this country. All right? Meanwhile, uh, I want to bring you a story that didn't get a lot of coverage at all, but a twin-engine plane crashed the other day after departing from the, and you cannot make this up, the Bill and Hillary Clinton Airport in Little Rock, Arkansas. All of the five passengers, including the pilot who worked for an environmental consulting firm called CTEH, died in that plane crash. The plane was headed to Columbia, Ohio, to conduct environmental testing at the Bedford, Ohio metal plant uh, regarding the explosion from the other day that happened there. Now, coincidentally, the same consulting firm was also hired to test the water in East Palestine, Ohio. There have been a lot of people who have come out and talked about this. The, the propaganda press hasn't really covered it. And they, of course, these people are, are called conspiracy theorists, right? But these people think that the plane crash that killed these five scientists was perhaps not coincidental, that it was uh, meant to halt the investigations into the toxic train derailment that took place in Ohio. The company spokesman said that the plane was actually going to an unrelated event, a fire that took place at the Schumann & Company Metals Plant in Bedford, Ohio, that's about 70 miles away from East Palestine. Okay, so a lot going on in a very small area in Ohio. This company, CTEH, is a company that offers a team of experts to help other companies and governments and communities prepare, respond to, and recover from threats to their environment and people. So this is a company that would be on site for for both things. It makes sense. But, you know, given the profession of the passengers on this plane and their planned trip to Ohio, there are people who suggest that that aircraft could have been sabotaged in an attempt to keep the team from investigating the trail derailment. Now, you've got the official government folks on the site, but who trusts the government anymore, right? This is a private company that lost these employees in this tragic plane crash. But, you know, there are a lot of people who say, hey, the deep state operatives in our federal government are purposely attacking our country's infrastructure to make us weak and dependent, not only on our government, but on things like the World Health Organization, which we're going to get to here in a second, and the World Economic Forum, who claim that they want to take over the world and destroy the country and uh, our country, certainly, um, and create a one world government. And they're using pandemics and industrial accidents as the vehicle of taking away our sovereignty. About a year ago, May of last year, we brought you the story about the WHO moving to take away our sovereignty. And, you know, the propaganda press were fact-checking it and calling it false, but there were headlines that said the WHO's pandemic treaty means the end of national sovereignty and freedom in America. Last year, the WHO member states all got together to draft this convention agreement 
um, under the Constitution of the World Health Organization for the purpose of strengthening, they call strengthening pandemic prevention preparedness and response. According to the head of the WHO, Dr. Tedros, who, by the way, is not an MD, he's a veterinarian, he said that if this treaty were to pass, it would allow the WHO to make radical changes to the healthcare systems of its member countries starting next year in 2024. Okay, now they're doing it again. Listen to Dr. Tedros. This week, WHO member states are hosting discussions on amendments to the international health regulations. Next week, countries will begin negotiations on a zero draft of the new pandemic accord. These discussions will be crucial for building a more effective health security architecture for the future, grounded in international law equity, and the fundamental right to health for all people. So right now, Biden is negotiating amendments with the WHO, giving this whole group of unelected bureaucrats the power to determine and declare pandemics and permit the WHO to unilaterally determine what measures to impose on the member countries, including lockdowns, mandatory masking, social distancing, needles in your arm, all of it. And we're going to talk to James Raguski about this in a second, okay? But back in 2021, the propaganda press mocked all of us for the vaccine mandate claims, and then months later, you had to show your papers to go into a restaurant. Today, three years into the COVID pandemic, you still have Democrat politicians in blue states pushing legislation to make the COVID vax mandatory in Hollywood. SAG and after those unions still enforce the VAX mandates on their actors. No shot, no work. It still exists in this country. Here's an exclusive on this show. We have had Dr. Andrew Huff on this show. He wrote What Really Happened in Wuhan. Go back and listen to that if you can. But giving more validity to all of these claims, Dr. Huff tells us exclusively, and we're breaking news here, that a DHS critical infrastructure list, Department of Homeland Security critical infrastructure list, was stolen from his home over a year ago. The National Security Data Theft was reported to the FBI, DHS, USDA, and the FDA. And as of today, Huff tells us that the theft has never been investigated. He claims that the target attack list is almost perfectly correlated with the attacks on food facilities, which tells us that a, or at least suggests that a state-sponsored actor stole the list and is now using it to destroy American critical infrastructure. The list was part of a simulation of a food supply attack from the Department of Homeland Security Food and Agriculture Sector Critically Assessment Tool, or FASCAT, which includes places at particular risk. Dr. Huff also tells us that although it's hard to determine if the Bedford, Ohio plant explosion was intentional, it does fit the pattern of critical infrastructures being increasingly attacked over the past two years. He says that at least 123 food plants so far have been burned down and no one was present at the time of these fires, okay? And no one was present at these fires. 
And he agrees with uh, others who say that these events happening around the country are hybrid warfare designed to create discord, civil unrest, destroy the economy, and weaken the country. That's according to Dr. Andrew Huff, again, who has been on this program and gave us this news exclusively. This is what we're up against, guys. No joke. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the World Health Organization and how they are moving with Biden's approval and encouragement to trump our constitution and our federal laws when it comes to public health mandates and regulations not to be missed first though guys i want to take a moment to welcome back our great sponsor nutrafol ladies we all want to look and feel our best right and our hair is such an important part of that but did you know that 30 million women are impacted by weakened or thinning hair If you're among them, please know that you're not alone and that there's a solution you can trust to deliver real results. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is a simple addition to your daily routine, just four pills a day, and you'll begin to experience thicker, stronger, and faster growing hair in just three to six months. As Nutrafol's powerful ingredients bring your body back into balance, you may also notice improvements to your overall well-being, including more restful sleep, less stress, and better skin and nails. And when you subscribe, you'll receive automatic monthly deliveries so you'll never miss a dose. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MONICA to save $15 off your first month subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L, Nutrafol.com, promo code MONICA. Again, Nutrafol.com, promo code MONICA. We're coming right back. Well, welcome back. A very important interview for you now. Uh, Chances are you probably not heard, except maybe on this show and War Room with Steve Bannon and maybe some other places, about what the Biden administration is doing behind the scenes to collude with the Chinese Communist Party-controlled and Bill Gates-controlled World Health Organization because the propaganda press is just keeping it from you. But on this podcast, we bring you the stories that they are covering up. Joining me right now to discuss all of this um, and what the World Health Organization, in collusion with the Biden team, is doing to remove America's national sovereignty when it comes to public health is James Raguski. James is an author, researcher, and health advocate who spends a lot of time unearthing hidden agendas, researching them, and then exposing and explaining them so we all have an idea of what is going on. You can read his fantastic work on his Substack. He's been on this show once before last year, and we are so pleased that he is back. James, welcome back. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I know time is precious, so I'm going to dive right in. Um, As of this moment, It appears that the meetings that were held this week are just about over, and I haven't seen anything at all, 
anywhere in the press about what just happened this week. What happened was the working group for the international health regulations had week-long meetings. Now, the very first meeting on Monday, Monday morning, um, was a closed meeting. So we have no idea what went on in that closed meeting. Then they had a little 45 minute meeting and, and they met that afternoon. That was recorded and it is available. You can go to my Substack and you know I've pointed to where it's all recorded. They met on Tuesday and then until this afternoon when they had their final uh, couple of their final session to just you know go over their final report, um, everything that happened this week that was really of substance was behind closed doors. And so the problem is the media is talking about what's going to be happening happening next week. Now that's all important, and you know maybe we'll be talking about that next week. But everything that you've been seeing in the media, and as a general rule, in my opinion, if you see it in the media, it's being used to distract you from the things that they are not publicizing. And what they are not publicizing are the um, proposed amendments to the international health regulations. They're talking about the treaty. That's a totally separate thing, and it's an important thing, but they're not talking about what just happened this week. So what did happen this week? What are the international health regulations? What do they entail? Um, well, you know, they had closed meetings, and so we don't really know what happened this week. I, I think in many ways it was a whole lot of nothing, okay? You know, that's how bureaucracies work. They spend a lot of time and money uh, and, and, you know, get a whole lot of nothing done. But what they did was they had a first reading of the proposed amendments to an existing international law, which are the international health regulations. Now, the IHR really, in my opinion, are improperly named. They, they don't talk about health. There was no discussion about health really anywhere. They don't talk about early treatment or you know, herbs and vitamins and nutrition or get some sun or fresh air or any of that sort of thing. They would be better named if it was the International Surveillance Monitoring Reporting Emergency Declaring Fear-Mongering Control Regulations, because that's the type of thing that they are discussing. Now, on, on many of my articles, I've published a top 10. I wrote an article about a top 50, you know, the worst, you know, really bad amendments. But there are 307 amendments to the existing international health regulations. So we're obviously not gonna have time to talk about all of them. I'll, I'll talk about the top 10 or maybe we'll only get through the top five today. Um, can, I, can I stop you there, James, and ask you, are these the same set of amendments that we were talking about last spring that the WHO had under consideration, the World Health Assembly and so on? Is this the same group of regulations or are we talking about a different set? Um, yes, they include the same, but there are many, many, many more. Last year, the United States proposed 13, uh, I should say they proposed amendments to 13 articles in the international health regulations. The regulations have 66 articles, and they proposed changes to 13 of them. This time around, the nations have proposed 307 amendments, all told with all the many different nations, to a total of 33 different articles, literally half of, of the entire um, regulations. 
There are also things called annexes, which are additional um, sections. There are nine annexes and six of them um, have proposed amendments. They um, have proposed six new articles and they have proposed one new um, annex. Now, when I say they, I mean the member nations, okay? And a lot of people get it confused. Um, these proposals are not generated by the WHO. They're not generated by the director general. Each individual nation had an opportunity to propose whatever changes they wished to have you know, considered. And so one of the perspectives to think about is 16 nations, many of them on behalf of groups of nations, like the 27 nations of the European Union, the 47 nations of the African region, uh, Russia submitted on like five uh, on behalf of five nations in their economic um, federation, and and Uruguay submitted on behalf of four nations um, in South America. So all told, about ninety nations, uh, you know, put their name on the line and submitted changes. So that means a majority of nations, they had all summer up until September thirtieth to submit proposed changes, and they basically said, no, we don't have anything we want to change. Leave it all alone. So it should be the case that the majority of nations around the world are looking at this going, why are you wanting to change everything? We thought it was all fine just the way it was. Now, the United States did resubmit essentially the same uh, package of um, amendments. Um, they, this time they submitted 12 because most people are unaware of what happened last year. And really what happened last year is very important to understand about what is gonna probably happen Next year, to be honest with you, because you know I really don't think, and I hope that they don't try to sneak anything through this year. We're actually very early in the game to put the shutdown on this. What happened last year was the United States proposed changes to 13 different articles. And that proposal in its totality was just kicked to the curb. And a separate proposal for changes to five articles, one of which was similar and overlapped one of the proposals from the United States was adopted. And boy, oh boy, that sure didn't really get a whole lot of news. And mm -hmm. the way that was adopted is they, they literally had a bunch of backroom meetings, you know, to iron out, you know, their, whatever their disagreements were. And when they had reached consensus in the backroom, meaning nobody was going to object to it, then they put the cameras back on. And, and they said, okay, well, we're now discussing these five uh, proposed uh, amendments. Are there any objections? And, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Okay, nobody objected. Great, we adopted them. And if you weren't paying attention and didn't know what was going on, you'd be like, what the hell just happened? Okay. Right. You know, what did I miss? Right. And, and so last year, amendments to the international health regulations were adopted by consensus by unelected unaccountable and mostly unknown bureaucrat, you know, delegates to the World Health Assembly, you never saw a president or a prime minister or a secretary of state or a foreign minister sign anything. And you never saw any discussion debate um, in the parliament or, or Congress or the Senate. You didn't get a two thirds uh, uh, you know, approval or uh, advice and consent from the Senate. And there was no public comment. There was no public input, no public debate. Bureaucrats decided to give bureaucrats more power. And that's what everybody's missing. They're talking about the treaty 
and they're you know implying oh well you know it's going to have to go through that's not how this works with the right. amendments to the international health regulations it could just glide right through so it doesn't need it's sort of like the iran nuclear deal where the obama biden team um, made it uh like an executive action regulation so it wouldn't have to go through the senate for uh for confirmation for for approval and it's the same thing here can nope, you tell us nope can, nope nope oh nope. go ahead it's much worse than that mm. what you what you just said is what the media is distracting people with currently in regards to the treaty now if, if you had just referred to the treaty and said what you said that I would have said yes, the the passage or the adoption of amendments to the international health regulations is much worse than that. They don't need a presidential signature. It's not an executive agreement. It's not a new document. It's an existing document. No um, 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 elected or selected official, whether in a legislature or an executive branch. Is going to have anything to say about this, okay? Unelected bureaucrat delegates who are appointed by you know presidents and prime ministers are, have the capacity, the ability, the authority to just meet in Geneva and make a decision and change international law. It is much, much, much worse than what everybody's talking about in the media. What they're talking about in the media is applicable to any new treaty. And all the time that they're talking about that, this is happening in secret. It's, it, it's just work. unbelievable. James, I'm going to ask you to stand by because there's so much more to get into with you on this. So please hang tight. Guys, we're going to have much more on the other side. But first, I know it's really hard to eat healthy when you're so busy, whether you're traveling, taking care of the kids, or just the daily hustle. It can get really hard to get the daily recommended vegetables and fruits in your diet. That's why I take Field of Greens. It's whole organic fruit and vegetables, not a watered-down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkup when your doctor says, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. To get 15% off, visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com. We're coming right back. All right, we're back with James Raguski. Can you give us like the top three worst amendments or most dangerous amendments to our national sovereignty and our, our medical freedom, our ability to make our own choices about how we behave and what goes into our bodies? Um, as long as you recognize that that will only um, be 1% of the 300, okay? Exactly. So, okay, all right, so first and foremost, Everyone needs to know what the um, international health regulations and the WHO currently are. You have to put it into context. WHO gives 
recommendations, all right? Whatever the heck it is they say, um, we can take it or leave it, all right? So you gotta keep, you gotta really remember that right now, the WHO is an advisory body. There are changes that were proposed by Bangladesh and by Malaysia that would dramatically change that. They wanna cross out a phrase in the definition of the word recommendation and cross out the phrase non-binding. Recommendations are currently defined as non-binding advice, which makes sense. Malaysia would change article 42 and many other nations, there's many, many, many other changes. The very important legal word shall appears 263 times. It's in like almost every you know, um, new um, uh, amendment proposed. And so they would change the language so that recommendations would, they shall be implemented. They must be implemented. Well, when you make a recommendation, something that you have to do, that's not a recommendation anymore. That's an order. And so anything that the um, director general recommended would have the legally binding force of law and nations would have agreed that they are going to do whatever he says. We had, we had a um, you know, joke when I was a, a, a young child, um, you know, when dad told you to do something, you didn't question it. You just, you know, if he said jump, you said how high, okay? And, and so changing the nature of um, the WHO and the international health regulations from recommendations to orders is a big deal. Um, probably uh, the most obviously egregious change that is, you know, probably the best soundbite that people are grabbing onto. Uh, India proposed crossing out the first principle of the um, IHRs, which currently says, and it's, you know, quite good right now, it says that the regulations must be implemented with the full respect for the dignity, human rights, and fundamental freedoms of people. And India proposed just crossing that out. Now, you really don't need to know much more than that. They want to be in control of everything, give orders, and have no respect for your dignity, fundamental freedoms, and human rights. But that's not really the things that I'm focused on. The thing that I'm focused on is there are multiple, multiple proposed amendments to nine separate articles and, and two of the annexes to institute a global digital health certificate with requirements for testing certificates, vaccine certificates, prophylaxis certificates, recovery certificates, passenger locator forms, and a traveler's health declaration. And they wanna have this all governed by a QR code that would obviously be digital, but it could also just be printed on a ID card or a piece of paper. You know, I've seen people that have um, tattooed them onto their body, okay? And, and so they want to be able to track and trace everybody and begin the institution of a worldwide, you know, Chinese style social credit system. And so that is not in the treaty. Anybody who says that that is in the treaty and starts talking about the treaty and the Senate and all that sort of stuff, um, the treaty is an important you know, problem. It, it's a mess. There's some horrible things in there. We can talk about that next week. They're going to be having meetings next week about the treaty. But the global digital health certificate is there's a number of amendments, and that is in regards to the international health regulations. I could go on, but you know, 
that's pretty bad right there. It's it's really bad and it's really dangerous. And the Biden administration is working hand in glove to get this done. Uh, what can you tell us about these international health regulations and their relationship to the Constitution? Will these regulations, mandates, rules, whatever it might be, will they supersede the Constitution? Will they su supersede federal law? Will they supersede state law? There's a lot to say about that, but I'll preface it with this. There's a difference between what should be and what is, okay? Now, when, when people say, oh, over the last 200 and some years, um, you know, we should have obeyed the rules in the constitution, but oh, look at that. We haven't been doing so, all right? There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of executive agreements, sole executive agreements, um, congressional executive agreements. It, you know, it's a, it's a lawyer's um, fantasy because whenever there's a question about the law, lawyers make money, right? That's, that's the whole point of law really is to make lawyers money because law is to confuse people so that they need legal assistance. When we got into the WHO, there was no Senate two-thirds advice and consent. It was a act of Congress. It was a joint resolution that was signed by President Truman on June 14th, 1948. And one of the um, sections of that joint resolution said, anything that the WHO says or does, does not require the United States to do anything. Well, that changed a little tiny bit, but a very important bit in 2005, when the Bush administration um, accepted changes to the international health regulations. And those changes are, are legally binding. They were accepted by um, the executive at that time. They didn't go through the Senate. And what we accepted was, was small, but you know, once the, um, camel gets its nose under the tent, you know, they start the whole camel's going to be in pretty soon. What they accepted was an obligation to report any kind of a disease outbreak or um, any sort of problem within the boundaries of, you know, the sovereign nation that could have an impact on other nations. Now, it could be something like a contaminated food product, you know, that was shipped overseas to many countries. It it could have, should have, would have been uh, what happened in Ohio. The United States should um, they should have alerted the WHO that oh, there's a plume of toxic poison headed towards Canada, and yeah. Canada should be forewarned about it. Well, they failed miserably to perform their obligation to alert the WHO that there was a public health emergency of international concern. So, you know, when there actually is a crisis, they don't seem to do anything. And that's my, right. You know, my opinion is, well, you know, there weren't any vaccines ready, you know, to sell to Canada. So what's the point of calling it an emergency? Nobody's going to make any money. Right. And, and well, so, because uh, it's because they have a much darker agenda. They, you know, their top line agenda is just a superficial agenda, but they've got a much more nefarious one. What should be in, in terms of, you know, any foreign entanglement should go through the Senate. I agree on what should be, okay? But the reality is, um, look what happened last year. 
they adopted amendments and bada bing, bada boom, nobody said anything, nothing happened. So I talk about what is and what is likely to be again. And people can talk about theory about what should be. And I agree with all of that. But the reality is, if they adopt these amendments, they're going to be in place. In our remaining moments here, because you you offer a really proactive, a proactive strategy of how we can defeat this. And people might say, well, it's happening on a transnational level. What can any one person do? But we can really mobilize like we did last year um, when we thought this was over. But as I've said, James, communists never give up that easily. So they're back. Um, what can we do? I know that you, and tell us where we can find um, your agenda on stopping this, but give us a couple of um, elements that we can really um, uh, advance to try to stop this thing? Um, there are many things that I can talk to people about, but in, you know, in essence of time here, um, just go to exitthewho.com. You can call me directly at 310-619-3055. And on my substack, James Roguski, R-O-G-U-S-K-I, jamesroguski.substack.com, about a month ago, well, actually, I started this many months ago, but I posted an article to make it very easy. Um, I do a daily Zoom meeting for people who have any questions at 3 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern. And so there are many, 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 many things that people can do. But pushing back and trying to negotiate with terrorists and people who are trying to take over the world and control your life, I believe is a mistake. It's time to exit the WHO. And so if you go to exitthewho.com, you can get started on that. There's absolutely much, much, much more that we could be talking about. Oh, fantastic. Can you just give us one or two things that we can do to try to stop this now? Well, you know, the easiest, simplest answer is um, however people are, you know, listening to this, whatever the link is to this broadcast right here, um, share it with everybody. And that doesn't mean, you know, tweet it or post it on your Facebook account. It means go through your phone list and you know, text it to everybody that you have a phone number for. Um, go through your email list and send it to everybody. Um, send a private direct message on every social media account that you have, okay? And there's you know, things that you can go beyond that. You know, people are passing out flyers and you know, posting up signs and artwork and music. And the other thing that I encourage everyone to do, uh, I'll give one more website. It's a work in progress because we're uh, requesting um, people to do their own thing. We did this last uh, September in regards to the treaty. You can see what we did in September if you go to screwthewho.com. <laughs> I love it. I'm requesting that people be the media. The media is not your friend. The media yeah. is your enemy. If you haven't figured that yeah. out yet, uh, you heard it from me first. Okay. The, if you be, if you want to be the media, just get the camera on your computer or the camera on your phone. And, you know, get informed, don't speak, you know, from a, a place of not having the information at your command, get informed, and then speak your mind, because they just had secret meetings, there's no planned public comment on this, that they, you know, they don't want to hear what we have to say, so we're going to have to shout it, and you can't count on media getting it right, every time I look at anything in the media, I go, oh, well, that's wrong, okay, and so say what you want to say on video, and put it out there on whatever platform you want, and we'll do everything we can to bring all of those links together and, and let the people's voice be heard. 
Well, you are doing absolutely tremendous work, James, and that's why I wanted to have you back to talk about this critical issue, which the propaganda press is not covering, um, and they're certainly burying it. So these two websites, Exit the Who, as in the World Health Organization, ExitTheWho.com and ScrewTheWho.com, which I have to say is one of the best website names of all time, James, so kudos to you. But ExitTheWho.com, go there. Uh, all of James's material is there, and how we can all mobilize to try to stop this, because if this goes forward with the support of the Biden administration, uh, we're going to have no sovereignty left. These transnational organizations like, and we talk about this all this time, all the time on this show, World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, all of these entities made up of unelected bureaucrats who are essentially Marxist that want a one world government and total control over you. Um, if these things go forward, when we get the next pandemic, and we've been told it's coming by Bill Gates and others, um, you will have no choice. And, and it won't matter what your governor says, whether it's DeSantis or Christy Nome or what, it won't matter. These things are incredibly dangerous, and James is such a hero for staying on it and exposing it and bringing it to all of us. So, James, we thank you so much for being here once again, and keep us posted. We'll have you back. Thank you very much. You know, I'm optimistic. Um, I, I, I really, really am because I get to talk to people who are doing things every day. Um, the future will be the case that they will control nothing and they will not be happy because the power of the people united is greater than the people who think they are in power. Preach on, my friend. And I love how you you turned the WEF slogan by 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy, which is a Marxist mantra. I love how you turn that on its head, James. Well done. Well done, my friend. <laughs> James Raguski, author, researcher, health advocate. The two websites, exitthewho.com and screwthewho.com. Educate yourself, know what's going on, and then let's mobilize to stop this. James, thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Well, that was a really big, important show. So grateful to have you guys on board. Please tell everybody you know, friends, family, colleagues, everybody should be listening to the Monica Crowley podcast so you will be in the know. Thanks so much for joining me and for checking out our phenomenal sponsors. We all really appreciate that. We are coming back on Monday with Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas, who's also a doctor. We're going to talk to him about COVID and a bunch of other things. And we've got some phenomenal stuff coming up the rest of the week next week as well. In the meantime, happy Friday. Have a wonderful weekend with those you love. And I will see you right back here on Monday. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.